You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. festive atmosphere tonight folks welcome to no credentials required where you don't need a press pass to talk sports we're presented by billy up sports in association with godzilla media my name is ron mccarthy i'm one of the hosts of the show and to my right is a man who doesn't get like this often but occasionally he get lit, lit like a christmas tree dustin henry dustin <laughs> how are we doing tonight i'm doing all right i'm doing all right not lit not lit but uh you are right there are occasions where i'll set it off a little bit <laughs> <laughs> how, how are you doing uh, i i can see you've been very busy uh setting up this festive background in our new yeah. uh our new um uh screens and countdowns our, and everything and we yes, have our, uh I, i'm in the christmas spirit let's just that's for sure even though there even though there's no snow in the ground currently yeah. i know it's been cold upstate in upstate new york it's yes. been cur- pretty chilly but there's really no snow in the ground which yeah. is unfortunate but that's that's going to change very soon however i've been i've been the christmas spirit you know and the background here i'll let me let me remove ourselves from the camera real quick <laughs> and i just it's amazing it's amazing what how creative spark can just and enable you to do stuff and christmas gets me going man christmas gets me going yeah i gotta admit i i'm a little bit more in the spirit maybe uh than i usually am about this time of year 
Um, maybe it's because I got my tree up early and I got my Christmas cards. Uh, they, they have arrived. I just have to start filling them out. But uh, I usually I am one of those people that gets mildly stressed around Christmas time because I always feel like I'm behind the eight ball. But, uh, yeah, there's something about it. And now we have uh, the woman that that uh, introduces us as host. I have christened her Annabelle. I decided (laughs) that's who she is. And in a in the Christmas in the, in in and in, in, in um and I don't know I don't know if you agree with me but December for me is always a time where I get I get a little down when because it gets darker early and everything but on the football side of things everything ramps up a little bit like you you feel yep. like. You know, fat, rewind in your brain just a few short weeks ago, the season felt like it was still like, you know, a relatively new season and you didn't really have a good idea of the teams yet. And then you blink an eye and it's December and yep. the football actually matters now and playoff seating is like really starting to come into effect. And it just the, the December games tick the stakes up a little bit always for me. Absolutely. We're going to talk about Week 13, the NFL, lots of things going on. But before we do that, let me remind you about our socials, which are right down here below. It would make it would jingle our bells if you could follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at NoCredsRQ, Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsRQ, and YouTube.com forward slash at NoCredsRQ. Also, if you're watching on either Facebook or YouTube right now, hit the thumb, hit smash that like button. Smash it with enthusiasm, with all that Christmas enthusiasm, my friends. Smash that like button. And also subscribe, because right now we're at 140 subscribers. And we are on a mission to get to 200 by December 31st. So it's a daunting, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's a daunting mission, but it's a mission that we gladly accept. And we want to get the word out. We want to get, we get more people into this program. And we want you to, to know about because we, we love doing this. So, well, I, I don't know about you, Dustin, but Tuesday night is becoming one of my favorite nights of the week. Getting a chance to hang out with you, talk sports for a good hour or so. And yeah. Just laugh and have some fun. Yeah, this is a this is a highlight. And it's usually something that no matter what is going on with me, I look I look forward to it. And uh, yeah, I also I also like just being a talent. I could show up. I could show up, hit the co-host <laughs> show chair. up. But uh, yeah, and I like I like. Thanks for giving me a platform where I can spew some of my nonsense. So <laughs> hey, <laughs> nonsense away, my friend. It. Nonsense <laughs> away. Also, if you're listening on the podcast side, Spreaker is our home base. But you can also subscribe to the podcast on any available platform, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, wherever you podcast. Subscribe, subscribe, and also if you could rate and review. Five-star review is always preferred. And if you're able to rate, or if you're able to, I'm sorry, if your rating is five stars, and if you leave a review, if you leave a, if you're nice enough to leave a review on any platform that allows you to review, I might even read it on the air. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it'll be fun. And if you're watching live, we want your algorithmic engagement comments because that way more people know about this show. So let me go ahead and play that sweet, sweet, Heart music right now. <laughs> I feel like it's shamed. I should change that for because of this season. The jingle bells, like 
bells. Like yeah, we could do that, or like maybe a little Carol the Bell thing. You know? Ooh, like actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Or we absolutely. could get, we could get, uh, or we could get like the screen grab of Kevin McAllister from Home Alone saying, "It's my house. I have to defend it." Oh! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's, it's uh, either that or still, and and uh, we want to uh, we want to uh, advocate. No, don't don't shoplift toothbrushes when the shovel man comes by. Too no, no. Uh, we discourage shoplifting in the highest form. Unless control it's for your fear. Uh, unless it's for your com- fear. Unless it's for comedy's sake, like uh, Home Alone. Yeah. But anyway, we're going to talk about NFL Week 13. This was, like you said, as you said in the beginning of the show, Dustin, it's being it was it was September 11th, and now it's December 6th, and we're getting to the nitty gritty. This is where the contenders start to pull away from the pretenders, and mm-hmm. we got ourselves some playoff races. So let's go ahead and start as always. With the biggest upset of the weekend, Dustin, I'm going to start with you. To in your mind, which one of these games was the biggest upset in your mind? Well, I have a I have a bit of a weird take on biggest upset this week. It's not necessarily because I'm surprised that the team won that won the game, but it's just by the fashion in which they won, the way that they won, and and it's a tale of two different teams. And I think the biggest upset of the week is the Lions absolutely trouncing the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, there was a there was a part of me that thought that last week was kind of like a defining moment for Trevor Lawrence. You know, yeah. that that drive and uh, to beat Baltimore at the last at the last second of that game, I, I said, okay, he's starting to find himself. Uh, this team has found their their rallying cry now. Maybe they can maybe they can surge a little bit at the end of the season and 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 head into next year with some positive momentum. And the Detroit Lions absolutely destroyed them. And it was it's it's unbelievable to watch. First of all, I can't help but think the Lions are going to be tough next year. We thought they were going to be tough this year, and they're proving they're proving to they they have turned their season around. A few short weeks ago, they were one and six. They are now five and seven, and in theory, they are still in the playoff hunt. Because of the Lions' win, the Vikings did not clinch the NFC North. So the Lions no. are hanging in there, and they've got a lot of young talent. Hopefully, DeAndre Swift continues to recover and 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 um, gets healthier so that he can be ready to roll for the rest of this year and next year. Jamison Williams, they they activated him. They went against what I said. I guess they know better. He's out there now. DJ DJ Chark is a is a playmaker at receiver. They have Amon Ross St. Brown, St. Brown. Everybody knows about him. Jared Goff, I think, has been underrated. I don't think he's an amazing quarterback, but he's not as bad as everybody says. No. Um, they clearly love playing for their head coach. They are building something there in Detroit. And I was just surprised that Jacksonville came out and laid an egg to the degree that they did. Absolutely. Yeah. No, this was a, this was a, this was a thrashing. This was a thrashing. I, I wasn't expecting, I, I wasn't expecting the Lions to, to beat the Jaguars in this fashion. As an, as a New York football Jets fan, uh, who has to face this team? Who's going to see this team face its New yes. York Jets in the next couple of weeks? I'm concerned 
this yeah. is going to be a, a harder game than I think most Jets fans would have expected a few weeks ago. Because we got to remember, just a short month ago, the Lions marched into MetLife Stadium and not just beat the Giants, but handily beat the Giants. Mm-hmm. They controlled the clock. They were better than them on all facets of, uh, facets of the game. And it was probably one of the biggest upsets of the season to that point. Yeah. So as a New York Jets fan, I'm I'm concerned about this game. It's going to be a better game than what I think my fellow New York Jens, uh, New York New York Jens, New York Jets <laughs> fans uh, suspect it might be. So I could definitely see how the Lions being the Jags is would be kind of an upset considering how the Jaguars did. Yes, absolutely beat the uh, Baltimore Ravens in the fashion they did, and you kind of saw Justin uh, Justin Lawrence turn the corner. Uh, but came down to back came back down to earth last week because of a better Detroit Lions defense and their offense is starting to put together DeAndre Swift with a couple touchdowns. Uh, I, I should know because he's on one of my fancy teams and I and I wound up beating uh, one team by sixty plus points last week. So this past oh, week, go. so it's good to be on that side. But yeah, this team, Dan Campbell, man, oh, man, if if the Lions can get to eleven. To ten and seven. Last week you mentioned Ron Riverboat Ron Rivera could be a candidate yeah. for coach of the year. Yeah, I'm thinking Dan Campbell would also be a considerate for yeah. coach of the year. Yeah, I know, I know my, I know Mike Brown, who's one of the founders of uh, Belly Up Sports, might be listening in right now and going, "Ooh, coach of the year, Dan Campbell, really? Yeah, Ooh. yeah. I mean, there's really no team that's playing harder for their coach in my mind right now. It just right. They they clearly have bought into whatever he's whatever he's building there. They're they're in. They're ready to go. And uh, if all, part of me thinks they, if memory serves, they almost beat the Vikings in week two. And if only they had, you know, we could be we could be talking about things uh, a little differently now. And they also took the Bills to the wire on Thanksgiving. So this team yeah. is clearly on the rise. Yeah, I I think I may have called that the the, the Lions Bills game was going to be a much closer game than what people expected. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah. So the the Lions are on the rise, and uh, we are get some co- we are get some comments in the comments section already. So we got uh, uh, Kevin Wilson, one of our uh, who is also one of our belly up uh, uh, creative content cr- content creators of the year candidates, and along with me, he says, uh, "Looking great, Ryan. Thanks, Kevin. I really do appreciate you. I believe he's." Uh, uh, talking about our our Christmas motif. Oh yeah, <laughs> looking great. Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate it. He also says Wednesdays are great as well with Chase and I. Chase, he's one of the they're uh, both they both run the fantasy football account, uh, fantasy football uh, live on Wednesday nights, and they ra- they wrap up the week and they tell you about the who to who to pick up and who to drop in waivers. So that's a great show. Join us, join them on Wednesdays. Craft Brood Sports. That's either Mike Scott or Mookie. They say Dan Campbell or Mike McDaniel as the coach of the yeah. year. So the turnaround in Miami is insane. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I mean, Dustin, you shared a you shared an Instagram reel with me yeah. uh, yesterday about Mike McDaniel saying I effed up and one of yes. on, a, on, a, on a particular play that could have probably changed the it probably changed the game. For and the Dolphins, that was a good game. I mean, as a Jets fan, I'm, I'm saying it's a good game because they still remain a game behind uh, the Dolphins. But 
Uh, but man, I think the Dolphins got exposed in a lot of ways in that game. Uh, I don't know if you, I, I know you watch Red Zone along. I, I watch yeah. Red Zone. I yeah. don't know if you got a chance to clutch some of the stuff that was going on in the game. But I think that I think Miami got exposed, and they, I think some of the, I think some of the other teams in the league have a have an idea of, of the how imprint. to play the Dolphins, how to remove the long game, just go after Tua, go yeah. after Tua. Yeah, and and part of it, I think. Part of it, I think, is, um, and I'll get into it a little bit later in the show, probably, uh, spoilers, but part of it is that Niners defense is, they they are are a tough unit. They... Mm -hmm. They are really flying to the ball. They're shutting teams down. It's it's pretty crazy to watch. And as a Seahawks fan, um, the Niners have some issues at quarterback, but I honestly think that defense is going to be good enough to carry them. Um, I don't I don't know how far into the playoffs they could carry them, but it it's good enough um, to carry the team far, a la the Trent Dilfer led Ravens in the 2000 you know Mm -hmm. um he he was competent enough and that defense was an absolute world beater so i think i think the niners they could do some damage in the playoffs with a similar uh blueprint even if the quarterback play isn't necessarily purdy (laughs) hey (laughs) hold on hold on i got something for this all right i got something for this hang on there we go one more time (laughs) <laughs> the rim shot. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> now, and oh, we'll get some more comments in the comment section. D- Drew Willie, Drew Willingham. Uh, he says, "What's up, guys? What's up, Drew? How are we doing tonight?" He also says, "Background is fire." Thanks, Drew. I, I worked pretty hard on this one, so you know, it's, I, again, getting in the Christmas spirit, my friends. You know. So. Yeah. So the biggest upset from in my mind for me was the Steelers over the Falcons because this Falcons team is yeah and Brandon Brown says great pun Dustin yeah oh thank you thank we you. try we try we try <laughs> oh du- oh Drew Willie Drew Willie has a uh, <laughs> he's got a plug thanks guys in and out sports debate episode sixty two live tonight on Legacy Maker Sports Network on nine oh five Eastern yeah Drew Willie thanks man. Appreciate you. He's in a, he's in one of the snowman crew that uh, kind of is in the comments section every morning, along with me and uh, some other good some other good people. So snowman in the morning, check him out eight o'clock Eastern. So in my mind, the biggest upset uh, it had to be Steelers over the Falcons because the Falcons. I can't now. I'm starting to I'm, I'm trying to figure out who's going to win. And I, I asked this question last week: Who wants to win the NFC South right now? It's yeah. wow, nobody. Nobody. I mean, even last night's game. Oh. I know the. I know the. Uh, the the uh, the Buccaneers came back from thirteen down and pulled off a win in the last in the in the waning moments. But even the the even the Saints are giving teams a hard time, and I figured that the, the Falcons were going to be uh, were going to be a a hard out. But unfortunately, they did not do that well against the Steelers defense. It's motivated to keep them in games. Uh, Kenny Pickett had himself a pretty good game. Craig Ironhead Hayward's son. If you remember that name, Dustin, Craig Ironhead mm-hmm. Hayward, his son caught his first NFL touchdown. I believe it was a sixth round pick uh, as a tight end from Georgia. Uh, in this year's draft, he caught his first, his first ever NFL touchdown pass. So oh, well, a congratulations. lot of good, Yeah. And, also, the, the Steelers, 
the Steelers are going to be tough out the rest of the year. I, I granted, I, I don't think they'll make the playoffs. No. Uh, there's a lot of competition in front of them in the in the Amer- in the American Football Conference, uh, but they're going to play a lot of teams tough. They're going to be a tough. They're going to be a tough team to beat the rest of the way. And Atlanta, I had them pegged as somebody who could probably take that NFC South division. Now I'm not so sure. Uh, because of the way they played offensive offense was inconsistent. Their defense kept them in the game. Mm-hmm. Give them credit where credit's due. And Arthur Smith is doing a, a great job coaching this team. He's given them an, given them an identity, but at the same time, uh, they got to figure some stuff out on offense or else yes. this is going to be the division to lose. Yeah. They, the Falcons have continued to confound me for this entire season, because I, I remember in our NFL preview show, I picked them to be the contending to be the worst team in the NFL, along with my Seattle Seahawks. I was mm-hmm. not optimistic. And so far I've been wrong about both teams. Now I'm much happier that I was wrong about my Seahawks, but the Falcons, they look like, you know, every couple of weeks, you're like, all right, they're going to run the ball and they're going to win some games in some crazy fashion. And they're going to keep, they're going to keep themselves closer than I think sometimes they have any business being. And then Marcus Mariota, next thing you know, he makes a play with his legs and there's the ball game, but they need an offensive game plan Mm -hmm. um, because just, you never know what you're going to get week, week, uh, week in, week out from them. And I can't, I can't figure out, the identity of this team. I can't figure out uh, what's going on. And um, this division, as you've said, somebody's going to get it. Somebody's going to get a home playoff game. We just have no idea who it is. It's like trying to, it's like trying to sell a bad stock that's starting to tank. Yeah. Does anyone want to win the NFC South? Does anybody <laughs> yeah. want to buy this stock? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and the one thing that I still don't understand now now I think it's I think it's a moot point because Kyle Pitts is he's out for the season I believe he's injured. Yes, he's out with uh, knee injury. It's, it's but knee surgery. The Falcons spent two high draft picks on Drake London and and Kyle Pitts respectively, and and not just a high pick on Kyle Pitts. He was like fourth overall, and he's a tight end, which speaks to the type of player and athlete that you think he is, and he was barely used in the games. Yeah. So you just – I don't know what they're trying to accomplish on offense. I think Arthur Smith will eventually find a way. He'll Mm -hmm. find a way he he – I know he's more of a running game type guy. He's run first, pass second type guy. But I think he'll find he'll find a way to, to use Kyle Pitts effectively. It's yeah. gonna, it's gonna, I hope it's, so. It's, it's I hope so too because that guy is too talented to be in that kind of spot. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, he'll be out for the rest of the year. Uh, more comments in the comment section. Uh, our buddy Dave Terramina says jingle all the way. Apparently, he's noticed <laughs> the background. Yes, background's a hit. Brandon Brown says the Falcons need a defense and need to commit to an actual running back. Use Patterson at Cordero Patterson as a Swiss army knife. Give Algier the ball and throw to your studs. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. But I, I wonder, I wonder if they just don't think that Marcus Mariota can do that. Um, do you think they maybe maybe they go after a quarterback in this year's draft or maybe they maybe did la- they did in last year's draft they picked yep. up Desmond Ritter from uh, Cincinnati yeah who was a, he was a good quarterback he had a pretty decent preseason 
Yeah. And eventually he'll be brought into the he'll be brought in and he'll be the starter. I think he'll be this I think he's just sitting on the bench this year just to just to observe, get used to the speed of the NFL under mm-hmm. under veteran like Mekris Mariota, a former number one pick himself. Uh, and I think he'll eventually take over the starting role. Uh, I yeah. think they're shelving him for the moment. I think he, if it if if the Falcons are too far out of it with one or two games to go, I think they'll put Desmond Ritter in. Yes, yeah. and that's yeah. what I was going to ask. I would say they'd either maybe go after a uh, go after a quarterback in this year's draft and bring in Desmond Ritter, but you know. Um, I think it's just maybe they don't think that Marcus Mariota can make some of the throws that they need. So yeah, Brandon, Brandon Brown's blown up our comment section. I, apparently he's a 49ers fan. He says, stop right, making Falcons. Kyle Pitts yeah. block. Give that ball, get that to Pruitt or Ferk, sir. And he also says, if Ritter starts after the bye, that'll be a big tell on Mariota. I believe they have a, the, their bye week is this week. If I'm not, if I'm not, if I'm, uh, if I'm, if I'm correct, um, look at the schedule right now. And yeah. yes, they don't play again until the, till the 18th when they're at New Orleans. So okay. they'll, they'll, so if Ritter starts after the bye, it's a big tell of Mariota. I think, I think if the Falcons, like I said before, if the Falcons are too far out of it, if they, if they lose, if they drop their game against the Saints and the Ravens and the Cardinals, I think you will see them start Ritter against the Buccaneers, who will have a tough defense. It's going to be, Taking your lumps with that defense, taking your lumps yeah. against the against the Buccaneers defense is really good. Uh, but I think it, I think Ritter will eventually get a start, and I think I, I hope Martin Mariota is only sh- uh, t- assigned to a short term deal. I think a two or three year deal uh, with the intention of bringing in Ritter as your starter. Yeah. Uh, Dave also says, "What Ryan? Why are you not talking about the real stories? Talk about Liver King." <laughs> no, Dave. Get your own show. Yeah. <laughs> so you talk about Liver King on your show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we don't want any uh, HGH mailed here. No. Or whatever, whatever was going no, on. No, thank you. <laughs> so we're going to move along to our biggest disappointment. And I'll start I'll start on the biggest dis- disappointment. For me, it was the Chicago Bears losing to the Green Bay Packers at Soldier, Soldier Field 28-19. The Bears... The Bears, what are you doing? You had that game in control. Your yeah. defense was frustrating the crap out of Aaron Rodgers. Justin Fields was running all over the place. And yes, he's a running quarter. Qualify him as a running quarterback. So what? Yeah. He had a 55-yard touchdown run. He was taking control of this game. But in the second half, I don't know what happened with the Chicago Bears in the second half. But Aaron Rodgers does indeed own the Chicago bears and has done. So I think, I think, I think his winning streak over the bears is, is uh, the same as the jets uh, losing streak to the, to the Patriots, but they had this game in control and your defense gave away the chance to finally get over the hump. And that hump, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So I, I don't know what the, the Bears can do. I know they're pretty much they're pretty much my thought mathematically out of the playoff picture. And there's a number of things they can do in their in their in the draft. They're looking forward to the draft now. Oh, I've got one thing they can do. They can shore up their offensive line because their offensive line is horrendous. Horrendous. Yeah, which is why you see Fields running, Justin Fields running so much. Yes, there are some design plays where he runs, but a lot of times he's just trying to get away from opposing defenders because his offensive line is a rotating door, is <laughs> a is a revolving door. They're just yeah. letting defenders through and making life really, really bad for just for for Justin Fields. Yeah, and it's kind of the same. It's kind of the same thing that I used to say. Um, in Russ's younger days when he used to run with the Seahawks, I, I said, just because he, I used to say, just because he can doesn't mean you should make him do it all the time. I used to plead with the Seahawks to put more resources into their offensive line, at, you know, for some of those years where Russ was at his athletic peak. And I think it's a similar situation. I mean, Justin Fields, he's a phenom on the ground. But yes. he shouldn't have to do that all the time, you know. Invest yeah. some money into protecting your young and hopefully future star quarterback. And, and the and the Rodgers Aaron Rodgers all time record against the Bears is twenty five and five, and I believe that includes the playoffs because they because they beat the Bears in twenty eleven to go to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think was that the one against the uh, that was that Soldier Field against Jay Cutler. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, and that's why Aaron Rodgers will likely always be beloved in Green Bay because they they just want you to beat the Bears, and he's done that. <laughs> yeah, he he last time he, the last time he lost to the Bears was 2018. Wow, he's had he's had a f- uh, four season winning streak against the Chicago Bears. So, uh, regardless of where he and yes, uh, he'll absolutely be beloved in in green Bay, regardless of what happens to him next year, whether he is traded or he well, probably he'll probably be traded because his price tag is too high to, to cut him. Yeah. So if he winds up somewhere next year and they move on from him and they go to uh, uh, Jordan, Jordan love, love, he'll be a beloved character because of all the great seasons they've had uh, basically winning all those uh, division titles, going to those NFC championships, one Super Bowl, uh, one Super Bowl with them. So, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers continues to own the Chicago Bears and may own them for forever. <laughs> yeah, he saluted the fans at Soldier Field. All of them did. Long. All of them did. after the last touchdown by Christian Watson. They just went bye. Yeah, see you later. <laughs> it saluted them. Yes, that's so. Dust. So, Dust, <laughs> for you, what was the biggest disappointment in your mind? Well, the biggest disappointment for me, I don't think is a surprise to many people, but it's still, you didn't expect it to be like this. Deshaun Watson had not played football in about 700 days, I think, 
a little, you know, somewhere around there. So rust is to be expected, and I get that. And there's a lot of controversy. And he was returning to play against the Texans, and it's all these things swirling. You wondered what he was going to look like. Well, the Browns found out that at least for one game, it's not going to be good. He he had a. 131 yards passing, I believe, an interception, and he was 12 of 22. Or actually, it was 121 yards. I gave him 10 more yards. Um, How gracious of you. (laughs) It's a holiday season, after all. (laughs) Yes, and I think he had seven rushes for 21 yards, but, I mean, he just did not look like the quarterback that the Browns had spent all that money for. The Browns didn't even score an offensive touchdown. The Browns won that game because of their defense and special teams. And keep in mind, this is against the Texans. This is against a team that has played hard in spurts this year, but most teams have had their way with them. And uh, the Browns couldn't get anything going offensively um, today, even or against – Sunday against the Texans. Even Nick Chubb was held in check to some degree, 80 yeah. yards rushing, I think. So, yeah, I, I remember Jared coming on a couple weeks ago and he said, the, the Texans are a better team than you think, despite mm-hmm. their record of one, was it one to eight and one? Yeah, they are a better team. I think part and partial their defense, which lo- that's, that's Lovey Smith's uh, special bread team. and butter. Yep. That's his bread and butter right there is a de- is making a great defense. Unfortunately, uh, the offense is pretty bad. And they, uh, Dim- uh, teams have figured out Damon P- uh, if you stop Damon Pierce, you're going to have to rely on uh, Kyle Allen or yeah. uh, the neck guy. can't remember his name for the life of me right now uh, to, to beat you. If you take away that running game, you, they are, they, oh, I'm sorry, one ten and one. Is the oh. record one oh, ten and okay. one? Uh, so, oh, Davis Mills, Davis Mills. So you have oh, to yeah, rely yeah. on either Kyle Allen or or Davis Mills, Davis or Mills. God, or God forbid, if he ever pl- if he does play this year, Jeff Driscoll <laughs> to to beat you, and they don't have the receivers or the quarterback to beat anyone right now. No, no, they don't. They do have, uh, and I can't I can't think of his name. He's a he's a good receiver. Um, but he's probably not going to be be there um, next year. This he's bounced Brandon around. Cooks. Yes, Brandon Cooks is a decent receiver, and he, by all accounts, is a professional. He shows up. He does his job. Um, on another team, he would be like a good, you know, maybe number one A or number two. But he's he's not enough by himself to no. to. Uh, help this Texans no. offense and it, you need a complimentary receiver. And I, I suspect, I bet you anything, they'll probably give up Laramie Tunsil. Uh, his name, that name, that name was floated around during the trade deadline yeah. because the, 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 the Texans have probably been trying to build their draft portfolio. I believe. And if I remember correctly, I'll have to look at, I'll have to look at tankathon.com to verify this, but I believe yeah. that they are, the they hold a number one draft pick right now in the NFL draft for 2023. And let me confirm. Yep, confirmed. They've lost their last seven in a row, <laughs> and they now own the. They currently own the number one pick. Here, here's the current draft order for the top ten uh, in 2023. Number one is Houston. Number two is Chicago. Number three is Denver via Seattle. Number yep. four is the Rams via Detroit. I'm sorry, 
is Seattle. Seattle via Denver. Number four is Detroit via the Rams. And number five is Philadelphia via New Orleans. Uh, Houston also owns the number 13 pick, which they got from Cleveland for uh, Deshaun Watson. So uh, the Houston can, Houston can do some damage in that first round with two picks in the top 13. And if Cleveland loses out, potentially the top 10. Yeah. So they can be, they'll be a better, t- and there's also this nonsense talk about Lovey Smith being fired after season one. It's like, listen, we had uh, that last year. Yeah. You had that last year with their, you had your fall guy last year. Yeah. All right. And you they, can't and- have two, two fall guys in consecutive seasons. That's just terrible management, terrible ownership. Yeah. You need continuity. And I still, I still don't think David Cully should have been fired. He deserves to get no. another job somewhere. He was working yep. under impossible circumstances. But if you, if you fire Lovey after this year, then who's going to want to take that job? <laughs> There's, you need, and and players need continuity. You need a couple of years under the same system to at least figure out what you have. Let the players learn. You know, it is uh, it is just too. If they do that, they're just shooting themselves in the foot. But you know what? That's that's what people people argue. That's what bad teams do. They just continually make the wrong calls, the wrong decisions. But um, for the sake of Houston fans, I hope they figure it out somewhat. Yeah, I, I, the McNairs can't let this – they can't let this team be this bad for this long. Uh, David Culley, I'm looking to see where he is right now. Uh, currently, he is jobless. Yeah. <laughs> hey, maybe, hey, maybe he might wind up on the staff of one, uh, uh, of, of one uh, Deion Sanders with so- Colorado. You Correct. never know. You never know. I mean, he was a wide. He was a. He was a uh, passing game coordinator at uh, with the Ravens, Buffalo Bills quarterbacks coach, a, a wide receivers coach with Kansas City because he knows he knows offense. And hey, if Colorado needs some offense, that's where he goes. Yeah. So before we take our first commercial break, we're gonna say hello to some more people. <clears throat> and my first, my best announcer voice. <clears throat> now, bonging. Number 420, Wise El Jefe. He says, hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Kevin says, love that Seahawk draft capital oh, from the Broncos. Kevin is also a, also a Seahawks fan, <laughs> so you'll love that fact. And uh, Dave says, uh, David Collar is going to win up the Lions. Um, maybe the BC Lions, but not the Detroit Lions. So. <laughs> All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to have word from one of our affiliates that is Invader Coffee. Stay tuned for more No Credentials Required. We'll be right back. This episode of No Credentials Required is brought to you by Invader Coffee. For the coffee lover who wants good quality coffee with no bullshit and no filler, Invader Coffee is an ultra-premium, veteran-owned coffee company proudly delivering only the best coffee your hard-earned money can buy. They aim to only serve the highest quality organic air-roasted coffee beans sourced from free trade farms all over the world. They keep things simple. The best coffee at an affordable price in order to provide you with the value you deserve for your morning boost. 100% fair trade, 100% organic coffee beans, 100% air-roasted, 100% money-back guarantee. Visit invadercoffee.com, enter promo code BELLYUP at checkout, and receive 15% off your order. That's right, folks. If you want quality coffee, 
at an affordable price for your morning boost, trust in bitter coffee. YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube, the link is in the description. Not only will you help out the show by buying from the affiliate link, but you also get 15% off your order if you use the promo code BELLYUP. So you find two ways to support not only BELLYUP Sports, but also this program with the affiliate link. Uh, I've been, I've been, I've been getting the, uh, getting at the uh, Cookie Crumble, which is their Snickerdoodle uh, coffee. It is delightful. Oh and, man! Uh, after Sounds that's so done, good. after that done, that is done. Uh, I'm breaking out the bad Santa. Oh, there you go. Thus, you know, you're also you're also a guy who uh, uh, likes some Invader coffee. Yes. Yes, I've gotten the don't. I've gotten the don't uh, Cali my Texas blend. I think yep. before I've gotten mm-hmm. the, I've gotten the the Mexican chocolate, which that I liked, just for an every once in a while thing. I like the Invader normal blend. Um, yep. So far, I think one of my favorites was a fall variety they had. It was a pumpkin pecan, uh, mm-hmm. but I think it was called like Zombie Fuel or something like that. I can't <laughs> remember, uh, but it was it was very good. Yeah. So again. If you want to help the show, visit the, visit the affiliate link in the YouTube description and use belly, code BELLYUP to save 15% off your order. All right, moving on to NFL Week 13. We're going to talk about the most entertaining game. And Dustin, uh, I think we uh, I think we might have, a, have uh, some commonality for what we thought was the most entertaining game. So who was, who was the most entertaining game and which game was the most entertaining in your mind? Well, to me, it was the chiefs Bengals. Um, the Bengals, the Bengals are like, like I'm about to make a terrible analogy here, but I'm going to roll with it. The, the, chiefs have been, <laughs> the chiefs have been the big bully on the block, right? They've been, they've been walking around. They've been, they've been, uh, they've been punching other teams out. Everybody, you know, everybody's like, oh, man, the Chiefs are so good. And they are. They are. They have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Anytime you have those two guys, you're going to be all right. Andy Reid can always get a running game going, it seems like, no matter who he's got back there. Juju has had his moments this year. And everybody's saying, who's going to stand up to the Chiefs in the AFC besides possibly the Bills? Well, everybody kind of forgot about the Bengals, you know, if, if the chiefs are Ivan Drago, the Bengals seem to be their Rocky Balboa. It's, it's uh it's a Eminem saying you forgot about Dre. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the Bengals are here saying, Hey, we've beaten them three times over the, you know, the last three, three times we've played them. So, man, I just think the Bengals are one of those teams that match up perfectly with the chiefs. They have wide receivers that the Chiefs cannot cover. Joe Burrow is, is I would argue, I don't think he's quite on Pat Mahomes' level yet, but he's good enough to go shot for shot with him if he needs to. And uh, the Bengals' running game is better than the Chiefs, I'd say, right now. I'd, I'd take Joe Mixon over – over. Um, oh, I'd take Samaj P. Ryan over any – Yes, Samaj P. Ryan back. as well. He's stepped right in. He's done well. So – yeah, I just think between T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, there's too many weapons that the Bengals have, and it's just one of those things where, where uh, the Bengals are the Bengals are rocky right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I I gotta give credit where credits due because at the beginning of the season, this supposedly rebuilt Bengals offensive line. Oh yeah, we were we were well, hard on we them. were giving them <laughs> such crap. Yes. about this offensive line. 
because they were they were they were just bad. They were bad. Yes. But they've gotten together, they've got chemistry, they've gelled, and now they're one of the best offensive lines in football. Yeah. So, uh, because not just because they're protecting Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow's uh Joe Cool is getting hot at the right time and made some really spectacular throws to to to, to seal a game uh for the Bengals on Sunday, but also they're grinding out that they're they're grinding things out on the ground. Mm-hmm. If there's the, if Joe Mixon's not there, you got Samaj JP Ryan. Yeah, he's and filled in very well. He's filled in very nicely uh for uh for Joe Mixon. And this defense is still pretty good, uh, pretty good defense too. I, I, I got to give credit to them as well. They're, they're, they're playing at the plane. They're making good plays at the right time. They're yes. forcing outs to the, uh, to the, uh, uh, to other teams, and they're starting to frustrate people with their, with their pass rush too. Patrick Mahomes for a few plays was running around trying to find open, open yeah. receiver, and when you start, when you make the quarterback run around like that. You're not only doing a, an effective job in the secondary, but you're also making the other team waste time. Mm-hmm. And that's a, such a big thing in the NFL today is making the other team waste time when you're on defense and they're on offense. Yes. And I don't, I don't know if there's a, there's a, there's a, a stat for those stat nerds out there to compute time uh, t- efficiency of defense on the field. But I feel like they should start one, even though I'm not a sabermetrics guy. <laughs> <laughs> but there should be some sort of stat like that saying, "Hey, defensive efficiency. How many times are you? How many times are you? Are you getting other teams off the field? How many times are you helping contribute to your offense in terms of having them get on the field so they can eat up the clock?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that this should be uh, an offensive stat. Now, here's a cool. Here's, speaking of stats. This is actually the third time the Bengals have beaten the Chiefs in a calendar year. That is pretty yeah. unprecedented because they yeah. beat them in the they beat them in, in the last week of the year in 2021. Yeah, they beat them in the NFC in the AFC Championship game, and they beat them this past week. And that's to to beat one team, one NFL team, three times in a calendar year is a damn near impossible feat. And I. Yeah. I applaud Zach Taylor, who was once who was once on the hot seat. Yes. Unfairly on the hot seat. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. There are some coaches, you know, you ever get the feeling that, well, there are, there are some coaches that are just like Lazarus and they never let alone, they, they don't rise from the dead as much as they don't die. And you're thinking this guy's like, he, he's in over his head. What's going on? I mean, you never want anybody to get fired, but then there's, then there's coaches like Zach Taylor who, hey, he took his he took his lumps for a couple of years, but once he had time with the team, he had time to go over um, and the GM, and he had time to kind of draft their own classes. Look at where the Bengals are now. I never thought I'd say this, but I applaud Mike Brown for holding on to Zach Taylor and and keeping the continuity like we talked about that the Texans should do this offseason. The Bengals did it, and it's paying dividends for them right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I totally applaud the Cincinnati Bengals for their for their midseason turnaround. They have, they're currently atop the AFC, the AFC North. 
Uh, it's right now. It's a two. It's a two team race for that AFC North uh, yeah. between Cincinnati and Baltimore. Uh, I have a feeling Baltimore is going to slip uh, yes. a little in the next couple of weeks because uh, Lamar Jackson's out with a sprained PCL. Uh, so he could be out one week. He could be out three weeks. And the way that uh, Trevor Hundley looked on on a Sunday, that Ravens defense seemed lost mm-hmm. without Lamar Jackson. Granted, look. For as bad as the Denver Broncos are offensively, no, I'll get to that. I'll get to that in just a couple of moments. Yeah, <laughs> their defense is really solid. Yes, really yes. solid. Yes, it's a very, it's a very solid unit. A la, you know, and it's kind even of even without Nick, Chubb, even without uh, Brendan Chubb as their primary, uh, as their primary uh, pass rusher. Yeah, he's gone. And you know what it reminds me of is it? It reminds me of. Your Jets when Zach Wilson was helming the offense. No offense, but like none that taken. De- that defense. <laughs> it was, looks. He's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's you know, it's it's on that same level. I think the Broncos' defense is that good, but nobody knows it because all of the headlines have been about how pedestrian the offense has been, and all the all the things that are coming out about Russell Wilson, the rumors, the, you know, uh, calling calling Seahawks audibles on the, on, the, on the Broncos, Nathaniel Hackett's woes. Nobody realizes how good that defense is, except for probably yeah. Broncos fans who are as frustrated as Mike Purcell was last <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So – yeah, I, I agree. The, the most entertaining game was the Bengals and Chiefs game. Mm-hmm. Uh, missed field goal at the end. You figured the Chiefs were going to yes. try to get the, get the ball back. But, Joe again, Joe Cool had that clutch throw to T. Higgins. That sealed the game. Going to victory formation. It's fade out complete. And now the Chiefs are the number two seed in the AFC. And if the season were to end today, they would play my New York Jets in the wild card. Oh, Wow. Uh, that would that would be that would be a great matchup. Yeah, I think so. I think so because I'll tell you, um, Mike White. I think he's he's just got this team. Like I said, all uh, as you've pointed out, the Commanders rallied around uh, Taylor Heineke. The the Jets are clearly doing the same thing with Mike White. I mean, you had uh, one of one of your receivers was it Braxton Miller? He came in with like a Mike White T shirt on and stuff Bra- heading into uh, the game. Braxton Berrios. I oh, Braxton that. Berrios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole team, the, a lot of the uh, offensive line or offensive digger, offense, they have Mike effing White. Uh, t-shirts there's a cool thing the jets had actually entered uh, u.s bank stadium on sunday they all came in with uh it was i think it was mike white walked in with the hawks jersey from the muddy ducks oh yes and everyone else in the team no wait mike white had a charlie conway jersey braxton varios had a hawks jersey and you had uh, pretty much the entire offensive room walk into the locker room with muddy ducks jersey and the caption for that was Jets fly together, and and CJ Uzama is walking by the camera, going, "Jets fly together." <laughs> yeah, nah, it was cool. It was cool to see, uh, especially see that Banks jersey, that Banks jersey there. Braxton <laughs> <laughs> Barris with the Banks jersey. Yeah, you gotta. Love but I got, I gotta say, you know, as for as heartbreaking of a loss that was for us fans, that's just nobody in that locker room was ashamed of their performance. Everybody had their held up. Everyone was saying we were, we played for each other. Everybody had their held up at the end of the game. Robert Sala said, I'm proud of this team for the way they fought. 
and I'm I'm ex- I'm excited to see what they do against Buffalo. Hopefully, they don't repeat the same thing in the first half as they did against Minnesota. Otherwise, that's that they're dead meat uh, because Buffalo will, unlike Minnesota, who didn't capitalize on those chances, yeah. Buffalo will make you pay. Yes. So yes, it's a little can worrisome will. on that side. So hopefully, they get their offensive right offensive unit right together. Their defense can play as a ball out. They're, they'll ball out. And so, uh, just really quick for me, honorable mention to the Giants and Commanders game. Yeah. I might have picked this game as my most entertaining if it didn't end in a tie. That's deflating for everybody. But yeah. I am very excited to see, I believe they play again in two weeks. They play in two weeks, so, yeah, so, because the Commanders it, have a bye week this week. And they, they play the Giants again at uh, FedEx Field in two I, weeks, yeah. I think it was flexed into Sunday night. So I don't know. Maybe it's the nostalgia in me, um, but I'm very excited. It's it's good to see the commanders and giants good again. It kind of reminds me of like those old 80s, early 90s matchups. So it's probably yep. probably a little bit of nostalgia going and, off. In and, me. and you are correct. I, I can confirm giants commanders 820 p.m. on the 18th. Oh, I'll be watching that. Confirm. Confirmed. We're moving on. We're going to go to our most notable performances of the week, and I'll start. I went with Devontae Adams. He is having a monster year as a Las Vegas Raider. And he struggled in the onset. Yes. Uh, Raiders fans were kind of wondering, hey, hey, where's the Devontae Adams we've seen in a Green Bay uniform over the last couple of years? And it turns out uh, he was hiding. And we have seen Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner brilliant play from him over the last three or four two or three weeks including this game against the chargers which was a must-win game for the raiders and i mentioned this last week i mentioned this last week watch out for the raiders watch out for the raiders in the afc wild card race and Devontae adams did not disappoint uh in this game oh, against no. the chargers eight receptions 177 yards two touchdowns and yeah, Garrett Wilson. Up to that, up until yesterday, up until about, I'd say probably about six p.m. Eastern time. Garrett Wilson actually had the yards lead, the yards lead, uh, in terms of most receiving yards in a game uh, in Week Thirteen. I uh, hit one hundred and sixty-two against the Vikings, and Devontae Adams said, uh, uh, "Hold my, uh, hold my Taco Bell," <laughs> and uh, managed to get eight receptions for 177 yards. It's about 
that is about that's around 22 yards and change per reception or 22.1 and change yards per reception and two yeah. touchdowns great performance great game Derek Carr uh uh you you kind of wonder what's going to happen with him after he throws that he after he threw that early pick six against the Chargers, but he stepped up and got he got the proper guy, got your number one guy the ball, and the Raiders came back and they won that game and they're still in the wild card. Yeah, I mean, and, and maybe that's Derek Carr's mo because he's done that for two weeks in a row now. He did it. Yep. He did it last week against my Seahawks, and then he did it this week against the Chargers. Throw an early pick, and you're thinking, oh. Here we go, and then and then obviously the Raiders end up winning both of those games. They, you know, we kind of got on Josh McDaniels a little bit. And, we did. Uh, I called him the Mike McCarthy of the uh, of yes. uh, of the AFC, and I would like to I would like to take that back because actually Mike McCarthy has also discovered a run game in Dallas. I know. And, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and. And Josh McDaniel has discovered a running game in Las Vegas. So yeah, there, yeah. It, it, there is a parallel there. Yes. We just guessed wrong. <laughs> I, just, I just guessed wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But it, you know, <laughs> this, and, and I would say now Derek Carr, has he played lights out? No, but I would say as the play of Devonte Adams has elevated, so has that of Derek Carr. You know, it's it must do. Now, I've never played quarterback uh, pretty much anywhere, let alone the NFL, but it must do wonders to know that you've got a Devontae Adams out there where you can kind of just chuck the ball up and he's going to go get it. You know, um, a nice security blanket. We much has been made about their friendship off the field, and it and it mm-hmm. seems like their friendship off the field, they, they are – they have developed that chemistry that is that is on it. Now it's not it's not to the level of the Rogers Adams connection was in Green Bay because Derek Carr, no offense to him, is not the player that Aaron Rodgers is. But they are starting to find their own version of that, and I don't think it's a coincidence that as Adams' play has accelerated, so have the fortunes of the Raiders because they also have Josh Jacobs running like a man possessed. Yep. So when you have the run game working, that opens up the pass game. Pass game. It's one of the old, oldest adages in football. And, uh, yeah, don't count out the Raiders yet, I guess. And, and uh, congratulations to Devontae Adams. This is one of the contracts. He was given a big contract in the offseason. And where there's some other notable contracts that do not look great right now, he is, he is a standout. He looks like he was worth every bit of money. That the and and draft capital that the Raiders gave up to acquire him. Now Kevin says there should have been no need to discover a running game in Vegas. I just I dis, I, dis, I disagree. I disagree. Josh Jacobs is a very talented running back, uh, and when the Raiders draft him, he's going to be their bell cow uh, for a number of years. He's proven that, and you know having that type of running back to eat up yards, and then as you said, Dustin, set up the passing game where you have a I wouldn't say an elite quarterback, but Derek Carr is a very good quarterback. Yeah, and I having would say that. Well, and having one of the elite receivers in the league in Devontae Adams be your number one receiver, your number one target, and have compliments around him that that helps. Mm-hmm. That helps. And right now, it's right now the again the Raiders are still in the hunt for that last wild card spot. So 
you know, we'll we'll see where it goes from here. Actually, I do want to take a look at the Raiders schedule real quick and find out who they're playing the next uh, the next six weeks because we're coming down to the wire here. Uh, so their next actually the next five weeks looks like this. At the Rams, that should be a win. Yeah. Again, at home against the Patriots, that's a win. At the Steelers on a on a two, on a Thursday on a, on a actually it's a Chris, it's on Christmas Eve. Um, that's going to be a tough one, but I think they should pull it out. Uh, they're at home against the 49ers on New Year's Day. That might be a loss. And then they're they uh, they have they host the Chiefs on New uh, on the eighth uh, for the final game of the season. Depending on what Andy Reid does, if he decides to sit Patrick Mahomes and some of their starters, and the Raiders are desperate enough where they're still in that wild card spot or they're still hovering around the bubble, I think they could win that game. So I think in the in the final stretch of the final one, two, three, four, five games, I think they go for I think they go four and one. I mean it's feasible. Please please, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> It's feasible, but there's, there's, you know, this is this is part of the beauty of December, though. The stakes, the stakes are high now, and and I would say yes, the Raiders will definitely beat the Rams, but my Seahawks, they sweated that one out for a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was worried. Yeah. I was worried. Um, but well, but by, by the time the, they play the Rams on Sunday, they might have a new quarterback in the po- in the pocket in the backfield for the LA Rams. One. Baker Mayfield. Yeah, but you with think... the Rams, the Rams claimed off waivers today. Oh, they did. Okay. They did. Okay. Yep. Wow. This is a few hours ago. <laughs> but enough about my notable performance of the week. Dustin, who who or which team or which unit or which player was your most notable performance of this week? Well, I you know, I'm given the crown. I rarely do this. I rarely do this because usually I'm always picking offensive players. And I said, you know what? I got to give the I got to give the love. I to the defensive side of the ball. I was awed by the performance of two defenses this past week. The Niners defense, we've established, they're one of the best defenses in the NFL. I think it's going to be what carries that team uh, as far as they go. As long as the quarterback is able to do. The bare minimum, I think that defense and the running game will be enough to carry the Niners uh, far. I don't, I don't think they'll be able to win it all by any means. But that defense really made a Dolphins offense that had been looking very, very, very good with Tua under center. Um, that Niner defense, as you said, exposed the Dolphins to a degree and really shut down, with the exception of the first play of that game. Um, it was, you know, the, the Dolphins did score on the first first offense possession of the game. It was a long, long uh, touchdown given up by the Niners defense. I can't remember which receiver it was. It was uh, – I would have to look it up. Um, but – the Niners defense settled down after that. They shut down a run game. Jeff Wilson Jr. had, I think, maybe a total of three yards in that game. Raheem Mostert, Mostert really couldn't get anything going. They pressured Tua. Very, uh, uh, very amazed by that Niners defense. But the the big defensive performance that I noticed from this past from this past week was the Cleveland Browns. They. <laughs> They are the reason the Browns scored those points 
Yeah. Against the Texans. Listen to this breakdown. There was there was one offensive touchdown all game, and it was by the Texans within yes, the, the in Browns, garbage time. Yes. And the Spiro the, did and the Spiro did his uh, uh, game of the week. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Browns did not score an offensive touchdown. Their defensive slash special teams had a fumble return for a TD, a pick six, and a punt return for the TD. That's where all the points came from. So hats off to the Browns defense and special teams unit for that victory. Um, so, so those two defenses and the Browns special teams are my performers of the week. Yeah. Give me an idea of what uh, the 49ers did to the, uh, to the uh, offense of the, the uh, Miami Dolphins. Uh, Tua had uh, was 18 of 33 for 295 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, one sack, uh, a 19.2 QBR, which I believe is his lowest of the year. Yes. Uh, rushing wise, not so much better. Uh, 33 total yards rushing, and uh, Trent Sherfield had had the one reception yes, for 75 yards to open the game for a touchdown. Uh, the one person they took out, absolutely took out of the game, was Jalen Waddle. Mm-hmm. One catch, nine yards. Yeah, and I mean, and Waddle and um, and the 49ers scored a defensive touchdown when they with that with the Bosa strip sack of Tua in the fourth quarter. Yeah, so it's you know, and and Waddle and uh, Tyreek Hill have been taking the top off defenses all over the NFL, and this this Niners defense is man, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not looking forward to when uh, the Seahawks play them next because I, it's going to be a tough day at the office for Gino. Now, now speaking <laughs> speaking of the 49ers, I want to get back all the way to the first out towards the first uh, uh, part of the show. And uh, Drew Willie asked, uh, "Do you agree with Snowman's take that the 49ers win out?" Well, let's take a let's take a look at their schedule the rest of the way. So they're playing the Buccaneers next week. That will be a tough game for, especially for, uh, uh, for for the new quarterback Purdy. Um, but they, their defense is yeah. They're going to be the getting, ones. They're going to be the ones that getting in uh, Tom. They're going to be frustrating yes. Tom Brady like they did on Mo- like the Saints. The Saints of all teams did on Monday night. Yeah. Then they're at Seattle. That's a that's a that's a Sunday night game. Actually, but that, that game against the Buccaneers is. I'm sorry, that's a Thursday night game. So the okay. Buccaneers next Sunday, on Sunday. Then at Seattle on Thursday night, Christmas Eve against the Commanders, at the Raiders, and then at home to close up against the Cardinals. I can see them winning against the Buccaneers just based on home field. I think short week, traveling to Seattle on a short week, that's going to be a tough one. I think they'll take a loss in that one. I well, hope I guess you're right. The, no, of course you think <laughs> that. You you hope I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> At home against the Commanders on Christmas Eve afternoon, I think that's a win. Uh, uh, they're going to expose Taylor Heineke. Uh, although it'll be that'll be another close game. I think all these games are going to be pretty close in my mind. At the Raiders on New Year's Day, I think they take a loss in that one. And at home to wrap up the year against the Cardinals, they take that one. So I think oh, I see yeah. them going. I see them going three and two the rest of the way, but that's going to be good enough, probably good enough to win the NFC West. 
in my mind. I know I'm yeah. Well, because they've got <laughs> they've got the head to head win against Seattle already. So right. that you know. Right. And uh right now they ha- they have a I mean San Francisco does have a one game lead over Seattle. So Seattle had that game against LA, uh that big win in the in the closing minutes uh <laughs> to to beat the Rams, an undermanned Rams team. I know. So we're gonna take actually we're gonna okay, we're gonna do one more topic uh for week thirteen, hottest individual take of the week. Dustin, what's your hottest individual take coming away from this week? Well, this is a little bit reactionary to me, but I couldn't help but think the the Broncos sign Russell Wilson to this massive ca- contract. They give him all the they give they give up all these draft picks to get him, and it's early in the contracts. But I would say that if you talk to some of the Broncos behind the scenes, they probably regret the contract. It's early. It's yeah. early. But that is my how long before the Broncos and Browns respectively regret the contracts that they gave out for their quarterbacks. Now I give I give Deshaun Watson a little bit longer of a leash because he is younger than Russ. I think he's only 27 yep. years old. Um, but both of them just and we'll see what Deshaun does the rest of the year. Like I said, Russ was to be expected, but that that was not what the Browns are hoping for when they when they no. when they signed him to this contract that they have and and endured some of the controversy, I think rightfully so, that they should have for for signing him. Um, but Russ and the Broncos, now I do think it's a multitude of factors, and I just think it's it's become it's one of those things, it's like an onion. The more that you peel it, it's it really stinks, and you don't know how much is on Hackett. You don't know how much, but I think some of it is on Russ. I think maybe it's whether he feels like he has to live up to the contract. We know that we know that A-Rod felt that pressure when he was playing uh, with the Yankees. He said that when he had the big contract in Texas, he didn't really feel the pressure because he knew Texas, Texas. <laughs> he knew Texas wasn't going anywhere, but when he no. went to New York – he said the pressure pressure uh, ratcheted up, and he put a lot of pressure on himself to win, and it didn't it didn't help. You have to wonder, but I'm wondering if these teams are kind of looking and going, hmm, maybe we shouldn't have done this. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, true. Granted, we're only in year one with yes. Deshaun Watson. It is we're, early. We're we're we're, we're, uh, we're full game half one. season. We're yeah. we're game one of the Deshaun Watson era, and we're in year one of of uh of russell wilson now i i would have to think things would get better yes uh, but uh, for both teams i mean granted deshaun watson has a great running game to rely on he does uh, with nick chubb and with uh uh with um with kareem hunt. hunt kareem hunt yes and he has talented receivers he's got he's got amari uh, cooper donovan people's jones he's a good receiver too mm-hmm. uh one of the best tight ends in football uh david and joku and a pretty solid offensive line. Uh, yeah. Give, it, give them that. So they've got time to develop him. And will he win five the next five games? I I don't know. I yeah. don't know. That remains to be seen. Uh, the the calendar looks like this. And it's a it's a murderer's row <laughs> at Cincinnati. Oh, that's yeah. At, uh, at home against the Ravens on Saturday afternoon. Uh, the next Saturday afternoon, the seventeenth. Uh, at home against the Saints, who are. A better team defensively than what than 
and what we think. I had mm. I joked about them before, but I I kind of you know shouldn't have. Uh, at Washington, and then at at the Steelers in the final game of the season. I don't think they win more than two games from the schedule going forward. Yeah. Now, as for the Broncos, <laughs> it just keeps getting worse. But I but I don't know where most of the blame goes now. Yeah, I have a feeling yeah, yeah, you'll you got, tell you got us. Russell Wilson. You got Russell Wilson telling tell Bronco Country, "Let's ride the rise of the Hindenburg." Oh, right yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I sent you that. Day. That was pretty. That was That's pretty right. <laughs> I laughed. It was. <laughs> I had to watch it five times. There was, was a car <laughs> veering off the side of the road uh, as the recording ver- the recorder version of Sandstorm played. I think, uh, <laughs> that's, the, that's the part that killed me. The recorded yes, version. Yes. Of <laughs> yes. Yes. But but I just and, and hey, I remember I came on here and I and I yelled at Seattle's fans, you know, for being as harsh on Russ as they were. And Being I said, hey, fickle. Yeah. He did a lot of great things in this city, like to boo him, to boo him on his first game back like that. I know the way he left town, it wasn't on the best of terms, but hey, and but something is going on. Something is off in Denmark, as they say. And something stink something smells in in the in the in the uh Hamlet of Denmark. Yes. And I and I and I wonder I think that I might be be being a tad overreactionary with my hot take, but, but Ryan, what do you think? Do you think that it is, how much of this is on Hackett? How much of this is on Hackett? Well, let me tell you, Dustin, for my hot individual take of the week, Nathaniel Hackett has solidified his position as the NFL's worst head coach. If there were to be a terrible head coach power ranking right now, (laughs) last week, they had the Baltimore Ravens, on the ropes. Their defense was playing lights out. Their offense was doing just enough to keep them in the game, which is saying a lot for this Broncos team. Yeah. And on the what was now the game-winning drive of the Baltimore Ravens, the Ravens get inside the Broncos' five-yard line. Clock's ticking. And what does Nathaniel Hackett do? He does this. He calls a time out. My God. Let's give, the, let's give the Ravens some time to collect let's, themselves. Yeah, exactly. Let's not make them waste a timeout. Let's do it ourselves. Let's get this game away and give and, and spend a timeout, spend one of our three timeouts that we have left. After that timeout was after they called that timeout, I said, next play. They're scoring a touchdown. Game over. Game over. I think the Nathaniel Hackett experiment has been an absolute fail, abject failure in Denver. The fans know it. I'm sure the players know Every player yeah. outside of Russell Wilson knows it. I mean, even Russell Wilson will put on the diplomatic face and tell you, no, no, everything's good. We're going to turn things around. In the yeah. back of his head, you know he's saying, get this guy out of here. He's been terrible. He, you know what? He's probably yearning for Coach uh, Coach Carroll's run first game plan. You yeah, know? <laughs> and the Denver offense is too talented. They have too many great play. They have too many very good players for this much talent to be wasted. 
And that what that's what Nathaniel Hackett has done in his probably his first and only year as Broncos head coach. I mean, this could this could very well be the worst, the worst head coaching debut ever. Ever. And I'm talking about and I'm talking like Lou Holtz barely lasted four Lou Holtz lasted 12 games as the head coach of the New York Jets in 1976, his only season as an NFL head coach. He said, screw this. I've had enough. I'm going to Arkansas <laughs> and I'm going to coach in the and coach. I'm going to coach college football because I can't do this. So I think it's, it's top two right there of the worst initial, the worst, the worst first year of a head coaching job in the NFL. And Nathaniel Hackett just, Said, you know what, Lou Holtz, hold my beer. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna do an even worse job. And you know what? It, it, it. I, I get it. I, I've never played in the NFL. I never coached the NFL. Dustin, you, you, you're the same for you. Yeah, yeah. I, I know you'll probably get a lot of flack from people saying, "Well, you haven't done this. You've never been in the NFL." Da, 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 da. Right. But I've watched football long enough to know what failure looks like. Yeah. And Broncos right now look like failure because their head coach is in over his head. And I also got to say this to NFL teams, to NFL owners, stop hiring passing game coordinators and offensive coordinators and quarterbacks coach as your head coach. Yeah. Unless you're Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel, awesome job in oh, Miami. Yeah. Great, job great job in Miami. Yeah. He had the pieces put around. But the thing is, he had pieces put in place because he said to the teams, I want Tyreek Hill. I think yeah. he can stretch the field. You have complimentary receiver in Jalen Waddle. You've got Mike Kosicki, who's a pass catching tight end. We've got a pretty decent running game. Yeah, we could probably use a could probably use a stud. Uh, we could probably use a Bell Cal running back in the next draft. But I want somebody who could stretch the field, and Tyreek Hill's that guy. And they went out and got him. Well, and it's clear that he had a plan too. Like you're saying, yes. he he had ideas. Probably in the interview already, he had ideas of what he wanted to do, and he and and clearly, uh, Dolphins personnel liked what he had to say. And we weren't we weren't in those Nathaniel Hackett interviews. We don't know. And no. and as I've said, some of the some of the reasons supposedly that the Broncos went with Hackett was originally to try to court Aaron Rodgers from Green Bay, but then but then to have Nathaniel Hackett played had none of the starters played together the entire preseason. How are you going to bring that in? That is mind-boggling. Yeah, how are you going to bring in a new quarterback, teach him your new scheme, and don't have any of the starters play at all? Now, there's a lot of lot of coaches that will have their, their starters basically not play the first two preseason games. But by the third and fourth one, they're at least coming in for a couple of series, and then they're taking them out. You gotta, you gotta have your players play together before Week One starts, especially when you're bringing in new people, it, yep. it, especially at a position as pivotal as quarterback. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, this is definitely going to be a one and done situation in Denver. Uh, I feel for Bronco, my some of my some friends uh, of mine who are Broncos fans who were hoping to see this team go far this year. I think they could have, I, I absolutely think they could have been a division contender if a competent head coach were running the team. And mm-hmm. fortunately you got a guy who is completely in, again, completely in, completely in over his head. 
Yeah. And I don't think he gets another head coaching job in the NFL. Now, stranger things have happened. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Bill Bill. Nobody thought Bill Belichick would be a great head coach, a great head coach after he failed out in his, in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Look at him now. Yeah. Top coach, well, probably one of the greatest coaches of all time. And they were building, they were building something in that, in that Cleveland team, it was finally starting to come yep. together. And then the Browns were sold. And then the Browns um, were sold and moved and, yes. and the rest is history. But, um, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. But, you know, and maybe there'll be a similar redemption story somewhere down the line with Hackett. You never know yeah. because uh, Lou Holtz, what did you say? He was he was uh, head coach of the New York he Jets was in He head coach of the New York Jets in 1976, possibly one of the worst teams in Jets history. And that was when they were still playing 14 games. Mm-hmm. No, no, that was the first year they had 16 games. Oh, okay. And he resigned. Uh, with two games remaining, and he went to Arkansas, uh, built a great program in Arkansas, and then he went on to Notre Dame. And yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. Little did he know that nine short years after that, in 1985, he would supposedly say, "Save Jimmy Johnson's ass for me." <laughs> 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 Oh my god. But uh, 1976 oh also the first year of my Seahawks uh existence that was the year they joined the NFL. That's true. So that is very true. So uh if Lou Holtz did a worse job than my expansion Seahawks in their first year, oof. <laughs> yep. Yep. So Lou Holtz went 3 and 10 and uh he said uh I'm out of here um after the after the uh before the 14th game. So, uh, yeah. But, yeah, no, I mean, one thing we love to see, especially in the United States of America, redemption story, because it just makes just – it's just sweeter that way. Let's so – oh. oh, I'm lo- – oh, oh, he did better than the Seahawks, though. That that year they went 2-12. and 2-12. <laughs> I had to look it up. And the Buccaneers went 0-14. And the Buccaneers went 0-14. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, how did you feel about your team's execution? I'm in favor of it. One of the yeah, John greatest. McKay, one of the greatest, one of the greatest one-liners of all time. How did yeah. you feel about your team's execution? I'm all for it. Yeah. <laughs> but she, your offense's execution, I think it was. But anyway, yeah, we'll find like we'll find the we'll find the quote. But we're gonna come back in just a moment. We're gonna take a quick break. Uh, have a word from True Classic, one of our sponsors at Belly Up Sports. Uh, we're gonna talk about Coach Prime. And we're also going to talk about the goodest boy ever. So stay tuned for more. No credentials required. Football is back, baby. And our new sponsor, True Classic, wants you to look and feel your best even after a couple of brewskis or going full force on your fantasy football draft. Sure, it's football season, but it's also butt-to-couch season. Luckily, True Classic has the absolute best-fitting clothing a man can buy. Snug in the arms and chest with a little extra space in the torso, their T-shirts are designed to keep you cozy and highlight your best assets no matter what you're up to. 
So if your special someone is upset that you're watching football all day, at least you can look good doing it. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men find the perfect fit at an affordable price. Our listeners get access to the best deal they offer. For a limited time only, get 25% off with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at trueclassic.com. Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good on skinny models with six-packs, but most of us aren't packing anything but a few beers. Fellas, you are wearing the wrong clothes. True Classic tees taper off towards the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. It's time to highlight your best attributes with a t-shirt you can always confidently throw on. It's about time to get your fit together, so upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic and get 25% off at trueclassic.com with promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. That's 25% off at trueclassic.com with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. If there's one bet you should make this football season, it's on True Classic. True Classic, look good, feel good. All right, that's trueclassic.com. Bellyup Fantasy is the promo code. You save 25% off your order. Hey, 25% off, especially this Christmas season and in this this economy. 25% off is a heck of a deal. Heck of a deal. So we're going to talk, and actually we have one more comment from Kevin Wilson. Uh, He says, how quickly we forget how terrible the Jacksonville head coaching situation was last year. Yeah, it's ancient history now. Uh, We have Nathaniel Hackett to uh, (laughs) kick around instead of Urban Meyer. (laughs) Oh, man. Urban Meyer. So we're going to touch briefly on a couple of topics before we close things up tonight. Let's talk about Deion Sanders. And Dustin, I know you're not a college football enthusiast. You don't really follow it that much. You're more of an NFL guy. I follow yeah. it loose. I follow it a little bit more, a little bit more than you. I pay attention. Uh, Deion Sanders, a couple seasons ago, uh, became the head coach of Jackson State University in uh, Mississippi. It's a traditionally, it's a historically black college and university. And in that time, in the three seasons, he was head coach at Jackson State. Uh, he went twenty six and five. Uh, went to a went to a national black college football. Uh, I think it was a national. H, H, they have a, they have a, a kind of a separate championship for uh, an FCS for HBCUs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's the winner of the Mid Eastern Athletic Conference and the SWAC, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, which is where Jackson State is. Uh, he he lead them to two uh, Heritage Bowl games for the. HBCU national championship uh, this week. And actually he sent a pretty cryptic tweet uh, over the weekend uh, where he said, and I quote, what are you saving it for tomorrow? Next week, a better situation, another person, another opportunity It's time. You exhaust everything that's inside of you. Today's here and it's time to go get it. This is now, this is your moment. Seize it. Hashtag coach prime. Well, two days later, <laughs> a little bit after of that tweet, a little bit of, I, I said it was cryptic. I was like, all right, is, is he being motivational or is he being cryptic? He's being cryptic. Yeah. Uh, he is He is uh, announced as the newest head coach for the University of Colorado at Boulder Buffaloes. And there's been a lot of talk around it since he got hired. Dustin, I, wa- I, I want to hear your thoughts. I had a couple of questions in my mind. Uh, like what are some of the pros and cons is it considered a sellout for going for jumping from an HBCU to a power five school? 
Is Colorado relevant again? What's on your mind with the with the Deion Sanders being hired as the head coach of Colorado? Well, I don't necessarily think that he's a he's a sellout. You know, it doesn't. On the one on the one hand, it doesn't look good to you know he probably left he probably left some players at Jackson State who had who had uh, gone there with the hopes of playing for him, but that's that's college football. It all comes down to it, and uh, coaches jump to better what they view as better opportunities all the time, and it appears uh, I don't have the contract details from the University of uh, Colorado in front of me but it appears that they paid okay. him a princely sum so there that contract right now is five years 29 and a half million dollars uh he'll make five and a half million the first year with raises of two hundred thousand dollars every year the previous head coach carl durrell uh, they only paid 3.6 million per year yeah which is the which then was the most that Colorado had ever paid to a head coach. This is from Brian Howell on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And uh, just as big is that they've given Deion Sanders $5 million for his assistant coach salary pool. Yes. And the salary that. pool was $4 million last year, which, again, was the highest ever. But now... But now it, it eclipsed uh, it, it by a million. It eclipsed. He eclipsed it by a million. He and he also eclipsed the uh, he eclipsed the base salary by two point three million. So, and they, the weird thing is, now here's the weird thing. Hey, go ahead, Dustin. Before I, I'll, I'll I'm not going to call anybody a sellout for taking a. They basically backed <laughs> they they backed the money truck up to him. And people can people can uh, crow all they want about morals and values. And and all Ugh, and staying staying true to yourselves and all that kind of stuff. But I'll never forget a conversation I had with my mom when I was a little kid. I said, "Mom, you know," or I was a teenager. I was an angsty teenager, and I was dead set on being a musician. Wait, you angsty teenager? Oh no. yeah. <laughs> and I was dead set on being a musician, and I said, "You know, Mom, I'd never change my style of music just because a label wants me to." And she went to me. She went, "Hmm." She said, "What if you had a family to support, and what if they offered you a lot of money? I wonder if your I wonder if your tune would change, you know. And now, hey, as I'm an older man, I'd be like, yeah, I'm taking the money. Like uh, not, it not, comes down go, to it. Go, mom, with the uh, unintended <laughs> pun. <laughs> yeah. Now the only now the only thing that does kind of rub me the wrong way is at the introductory uh, press conference." He mock introduced his son and said, he's going to be your quarterback. That's your quarterback. So (laughs) it is rumored that his son is going to transfer over from Jackson state to Colorado uh, to play quarterback for them. Now, now it looks like his son can play quarterback. It it looks like uh, I looked at the numbers last night. They're, they're decent, but that's, that's a little, I don't know, something about that doesn't seem quite right because he said, oh, he's going to have to earn the job. You're already talking about a student that is not yet at your school, and then he's, then you're saying he's going to have to in, earn the job. Is he? Is he really going to have to earn the job? Doesn't sound like it to me. But I think a lot of the supposed controversy around this hire, if Dion starts winning and dominating the way that he says he wants to, mm-hmm. results – Results matter in college football more than any other place, I'd say, 
except for the NFL. And if you're and if you're a handful of teams, I would say it matters as much as the NFL. Like if you if you have a bad season in Alabama, they're not going to want you there. There's certain teams that expect to be playing for the national title every single year. That's their standard. So if he can start to uh, uh, deliver some results, and you know some some kids will go to Colorado now because of his name value. And he can say, look what I did for Jackson state. And that was Jackson state. This is a little bit bigger, bigger market. We'll get you more exposure. Who knows what could happen. But to me, a lot of it depends on results. We'll have to see how this plays out. Yeah. Before I I give my opinion, uh, give a quick shout out to Cole Johnson of Cole sports. (laughs) And also, uh, part of the team at snowman in the morning with cole johnson he says gentlemen good evening good morning good evening to you as well uh cole now here's my opinion on the matter uh i think he should be able to go wherever he wants and here's here's a funny part uh Col- the Col- the ad of colorado asked was asked how uh they came up with the money and he says um uh we don't have the money yet <laughs> <laughs> And then he added, but I know we'll have it. So I'm not worried about that piece. And wow, you know, I got to say, Deion Sanders isn't exactly cash poor. Mm-hmm. The man's net worth is $45 million. Yeah, he has money. He's he's earned money. And also, my, I might add, former Albany Colony, former Albany Colony Yankee, oh, Deion yeah. Sanders. At once That's upon right. time, he was with the Albany Colony Yankees. Now... Granted, right now, the two biggest conferences, I mean, he's going to be in the Pac-12, uh, which will shrink by two teams in 2025 with USC and UCLA jumping to the Big Ten. Now, will the Pac-12 replace those teams? I don't know. And who will they replace them with? Again, I don't know. Could could they get Boise State? Or I would say BYU, but BYU is joining the Big 12. Uh, in two seasons, so uh, they won't be it. But I think I I could see Boise State joining the Big Twelve. I could see what other school is in that region. Utah State also joined the Big Twelve. So two Mountain West teams joining the Pac twelve, and the Pac twelve is a Power Five conference. So it's not like he's going from an HBCU from Jackson State to New Mexico State who I'm pretty sure will also hire him for the right price too, or New Mexico or, uh, or a group of five school. He's going to a power five school and the AD says, yeah, we don't have the money to turn it around. We don't have the money right now, but we'll find it. Yeah. You'll get, you'll get more revenue with ticket sales. You'll get more revenue with uh, apparel sales, uh, coach prime t-shirts. I'm sure I'm pretty sure the coach the coach prime t-shirt they're selling already at the university of Colorado. So they'll find the money one way or another. And again, it's not like he's cash poor. Plus, the fact that while he was at Jackson State, he donated half his salary to improve facilities. I think he might even do the same thing at University of Colorado. Yeah. Because how are you going to compete with other schools if your facilities are are not up to par, are yeah. up to a power five school? So once they improve facilities and <laughs> Kevin, 
<laughs> Wilson. Don't passion Mexico State. My wife went there. Sorry, Kevin. <laughs> Although they had a pretty decently, they had a decent season compared to previous seasons this past year. I will admit that as an independent. But if he's going to be taking half his salary, and again, he's not exactly poor for cash. He's yeah. got his net worth is is a lot of money, a lot more money than probably I'll see or you'll see in our lifetime oh, combined. Yeah. And he'll pour that money back into the facilities and make them power five acceptable. Now, I also want to address uh, the sellout thing. And uh, there's a lot of people saying that, oh, he's a sellout because he went, he's, he could have helped a lot of the HBCUs uh, get better athletes and improve their facilities. Listen, they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. They'll be just fine. And a lot of this flack is coming from people who uh, on their resume, who say, who espouse the benefits of an HBCU, but they went to a different school like Yale or Michigan state. I'll, I'll, these, these names will go, these, these, these critics will go unnamed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of them went to, they say they'll espouse the value of an HBCU, but they didn't go to an HBCU. They went to Yale or Michigan state or another, or another big journalism school like Syracuse, North Northwestern, Arizona State, a lot of those big journalism schools, and they had the gall to espouse them, but not go to there. Yeah. So to criticize that criticism is is moot because it, it, there's no really no leg to stand on. You're just you kind of using a straw man argument because just because of one man's decision to go somewhere else. Yes. And again, he could have gone, he could have gone anywhere else. He could have gone to Florida state a couple of seasons ago. Florida state's going to be just fine. <laughs> Florida yeah. state's going to be just fine. They're fine right now with Kevin Norvell as their, as their head coach. So I think this benefits, this benefits Deion Sanders. This benefits college football. This definitely benefits the university of Colorado. It also benefits the PAC 12 because PAC 12 right now, they're a poverty conference without USC and UCLA. And this will only make the Pac-12 and college football more competitive. And if you see some of the names that have entered the transfer portal in the last couple of days after the, se- after the season's ending uh, for many of these schools, you see a lot of big, a lot of pretty big, a lot of big names entering the player portal. And once the play, once the transfer portal opens and recruiting begins, this Colorado team's going to look a lot different over yeah. the next two to three seasons. And you might see them. You might even see them in the top 10. Yeah. I mean, because, it's, it's because, possible. Yeah. And with Deion Sanders, he's got an old school mentality when it comes to coaching. Everybody's going to battle for position, no matter who it is. I don't, he doesn't care if you're a five-star or a three-star, you're going to compete. He's going to make you better. He he's, he's already done that with Jackson state. I'm not surprised if he does it again with Colorado. Yeah, a much bigger program, much bigger, a much, a much broader. Uh, he's gonna be under a bigger, uh, a, a more, a, a much bigger microscope. Yes, now that he's in a, a, a power five program, and he could have some wider influence. I mean, who knows? But and I would argue, and I would argue because I've been guilty of it before. A lot of those people, a lot of those people saying those opinions. First of all, it, it's not his responsibility to to um to take on an issue like that and uh, thank you r- raise up and yep. and the other thing is like 
he did do some good for Jackson State. I have he did no doubt about that. Great things for Jackson State. And and the other thing is, I I bet you if if you sat a lot of those people down in a room and said, "Do you like Deion Sanders?" I bet you some of them would say no. I think I think that's the reason. Deion Sanders has a personality that can rub some people the wrong way, and some people just ask Tim McCarver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's exactly what I was. McCarver's right here. That's that, that, I still remember that. But um, <laughs> Tim McCarver rubbed me the wrong way on his announcing. Oh, he rubbed plenty of people the wrong way. <laughs> but I think that that factors into the way it paints your perception of a person. Everybody's guilty of it. I'm not necessarily calling these people to the carpet, but I would not be surprised if that was the motivation uh, at least subconsciously behind some of their feelings. Uh, but I yeah. wonder if it was someone else other than Deion Sanders, if they would, if they would feel the same way. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree there. And now we're going to close things up with a non-sports related story called the goodest boy ever. And I saw this on uh, the, the uh, Twitter page, not the B uh, they copied in a, uh, not copied in, but they, um, they saw a, a New York post uh, Twitter uh, tweet about a Georgia sheepdog who in the course of an hour got in a fight, uh, who, I got in a fight with over a dozen coyotes when this uh, pack of coyotes invaded his uh, his farm and was attacking their sheep. And in the course of less than half an hour, this good boy, the goodest boy, killed eight coyotes in less than half an hour. And he was found two days later when he when his. Uh, when he went back to the farm that he was a part of, he was a, he's a, his home was, he was missing for two days. He came back to the farm. They got him uh, taken care of, went to the vet. He's still alive. He's, he's wow. in recovery right now. Oh, that's and I guess good. right now there's a, there's a GoFundMe going, right? There's a GoFundMe that's live uh, to cover his $15,000 uh, vet bill. Wow. But this, Dustin, this is an incredible story. I was telling you in the green room about it. You hadn't heard of this, but no, man, no, this is this is the goodest boy right now in in terms of in terms of the goodest the goodest dog the good the goodest the goodest doggos. He's number one. He, Casper is the dog's name. Casper is number one. Oh man, he's got to be followed by uh, followed by uh, Cairo. The, the Belgian Malinois who found him bin Laden, who found who found Osama bin Laden <laughs> <laughs> close it's very close it's a very yeah, close competition yeah. but that's a that's Dustin, a close what you, what power ranking is, yeah that's a great power but when you hear this story Dustin this is a this is a harrowing story yeah I mean I was shocked at first because notoriously I mean obviously coyotes wolves any 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 pack animal like that they're they're dangerous because they they attack together as a unit and this this sheepdog has got to be one one beastly boy to be able to, yeah. to take this he's he's tough i mean that's no joke and uh yeah. man w- one on one on 12 and he took down eight that is yeah. amazing 
And you got to you got to wonder what the pack of coyotes at what point did they decide, all right, this is not worth it. This is not worth it. We <laughs> we got to like we got to regroup. We got cut but, we got cut tail and run. But man, as far as I'm concerned, Casper can retire, give him stakes for the rest of his life. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Casper, the goodest boy ever. We sal- we had no credentials required. We salute you and your effort, and we hope you get better. I hope we are on the road to recovery. And yeah, no, so good boy, good boy. Yeah. You deserve <laughs> all the pets. You deserve all the stakes. Uh, you deserve all the love uh, because you did your job. So good yeah. boy, good boy. He went <laughs> above and beyond. He did. He did. And that's going to conclude this edition of No Crunches Required. Before we go, we're going to let you know about our socials. We're going to jingle our bells right down here, uh, here below, not in my, never mind. <laughs> On Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, it's at No Crunches REQ, Facebook.com forward slash No Crunches REQ, and YouTube.com forward slash at No Crunches REQ. If you're watching right now, smash that like button. Smash that like button. On the audio side, oh, go ahead, Dustin. You got something Hit the to say. bell. Hit Hit that, ring that bell. Ring our jingle our bells. Jingle yeah. our bells. Ring that bell as well. Yeah. <laughs> on the podcast side, if you're listening right now, Spreaker is our home base. But you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, basically any platform. Leave a rating. Five stars is always preferred. And a review. If you leave a review where we can find it or if there's a podcast platform where you can review the podcast. I might even read it on the air, uh, especially if it's mean and nasty and offends everybody. I will definitely read it. So for my co-host to my right, Dustin yeah. Henry, I'm Ryan McCarthy. You have been watching or listening to no credentials required where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We're presented by belly up sports in association with Godzilla media. If you've been watching live or listening. Thank you. If you're watching the replay, thank you. We appreciate all your uh, watching and listening. Tell a friend about this podcast or this program. We're tr- again, we're trying to make the effort to get 200 subscribers on YouTube by December 31st. We're actually we're actually 140 now. We were at 139. We're actually now at 140. <laughs> so only 60 more to go. But folks, we'll see you back here next week at 7 p.m. Eastern for Dustin Henry. I'm Ryan McCarthy. See you next Tuesday night. Good night, everybody. network product some said we go belly up so we made it our name and we're still here